University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at ubcbr on Facebook for more information. This morning by reading our scripture. It comes from 1 Corinthians 12. We'll be reading a good chunk of it, so please try not to fall asleep. I'll try to read with interest. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this, but God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. This is perhaps Paul's best known image of the church. It is a well-known passage for a reason. This is a beautiful organic metaphor that sees the church as a living organism. It can be a metaphor for the local church, this specific body of believers, or for the larger church universal. In the time of Paul's writing, this was a common metaphor, actually, but it was often used to show how some people or parts of society are better than others, how they have a more prominent position in the body. But Paul takes this, and he shows us quite the opposite. He shows us how every part and piece is necessary. Now, I have to admit, I know very little about the human body and how it works. I actually know most of what I know about the human body from watching medical dramas. So you can imagine that maybe a little bit of my knowledge is skewed. Um, But here's some facts I found about the body. The human body has 206 bones, 639 muscles, and about 6 pounds of skin, along with ligaments, cartilage, veins, arteries, blood, fat, and more. What's so fascinating to me is that every time I speak a word, I move, I take a step, or even I take a breath, 
hundreds of parts of my body are working together as a unit to make it happen. The human body represents one of the most complex systems in existence. So this is a metaphor rich with meaning. Now, I'd like to explore this scripture through the lens of that metaphor this morning, but I'm also going to add another metaphor. One of the things that I've enjoyed doing in these past few months is play with this lovely handbell choir. Now, Kay hasn't yet let me play in a performance, but um, that might give you an indication as, you know, no. I have been a substitute, so every week I've come, I've had a different set of bells. Nancy Garland has also done the same, and you saw John substituting this morning. This is not an easy thing when you're playing different bells every time. But every time I play with this group, I'm always in awe of the talent and the dedication that these ringers have. A handbell choir is a lovely metaphor for the body of Christ that is the church. I've invited a few of my friends. They didn't just get tired and want to stay up here. I've invited a few of my friends to help me this morning. So um, the first thing I want us to make note of, the first point that we're going to make, is that unity does not equal sameness. Unity does not equal sameness. So our demonstration number one. You ready, ladies? Lovely, huh? Does anyone know what song they're singing? They're doing? Yeah, you don't know yet. We often think that because we are a Christian entity, that we should all be walking around peacefully with each other, all of the same opinion. One of my favorite things about UBC is there are lots of people here with lots of different thoughts and ideas, and they aren't afraid to talk about those differences. We don't really want to all play the same note at the same time, do we? Now, sometimes these differences make us uncomfortable, but talking through these things in a loving and a kind way is healthy and good. The scripture today says that God arranged those differences. God isn't surprised by our differences. He isn't surprised, even though we might be sometimes. Unity does not say that we're all the same, but rather that we are all able to be distinct. In true unity, individuality is honored. In counseling, they talk about the term differentiation. Differentiation is when you can be an I while remaining connected to the whole. You can be yourself while still being part of the group. We see this in the human body. We aren't interested in the eye blending with the hand or the foot becoming a knee. We also see this in our handbell metaphor. When I play, I have a responsibility to play, pay attention to my part while I'm listening and understanding the whole. Now, if I get too focused on what Nancy's supposed to be playing, I will completely lose my place. But that doesn't mean I have to totally disregard her part either. Many churches and other groups have, have something that I call superficial harmony. This is when everything looks out fine on the outside because we all believe the same things or do the same things, or maybe we look the same way. Conflict is avoided at all costs for the sake of peace. But it's much more healthy for a body of people, especially the church, to celebrate our natural diversity. We don't need to all be the same. It isn't that our differences are insignificant, but they are gifts for the mutual benefit. How can you embrace the diversity in this community? How can you continue to be an individual in this place while remaining connected to the whole? Our second point today is that all parts are needed. 
So ladies, I'm going to give you another shot at this. Are you ready? Hmm. Well, that didn't go so well. In the human body, like I mentioned earlier, it takes hundreds of things to happen for me to see you today, speak to you today. Many of you are familiar with what, when, what, when, excuse me, many of you are familiar with what happens when one part of the human body stops functioning properly. When even the smallest part of the human body stops working, there can be significant issues. And we see, of course, what happens when one part of our handbell choir decides that she wants to do something else. It is important that we are all part of the process. The reason that I've asked, been asked to be a substitute in the handbell choir is because it takes every person to make it sound right. L right, ladies? Every person is important. If there's even one person missing, the tune is not complete. And when the tune isn't complete, it often throws off the other players. Before and after our focal verses today, Paul talks about the ways people can be gifted. He reminds us that every person is necessary. It's been my joy over this last year to work with the beautiful children of our church and of the MDO. They bring me such joy and often see things very differently from the way that we see them. They're often kinder and gentler than us adults or maybe more honest and open. From children who are in constant motion to those who sit quietly on the carpet and take it all in through their eyes and their ears, to those who ask tough, hard questions. People often say that children are the future of our church. I disagree with them. I believe children are our present. I think they are the now. We have an opportunity to grow beside them, to watch them learn and let them teach us. They are already part of our body. Recently, I had the opportunity to do a chapel demonstration similar to the one that you saw today for our retirees' luncheon. I had not done the lesson about the disciples, but a few weeks prior to that, and we talked about it maybe two times. And I asked the children what the people that Jesus called to go with him and preach and teach was called, thinking that they weren't going to know the answer. And one little boy said, the disciples. I've never heard that child speak before that day, so that was pretty exciting. I mean, he does in his classroom, but not much in chapel. They are listening, and they are teaching. One Sunday near Easter, we were talking, about, talking in Sunday school about the events leading up to the crucifixion, and one of our feelers in the class said, do you think Jesus was scared? Now, I had to sit with that one for a moment before I answered. They are listening, and they are teaching. We see our children and our youth leading already. They are serving alongside us. They are playing the organ and piano in worship. Uh, they are reading scripture and praying. They are serving in the nursery and during kids' worship. They are working the camera for our live stream and singing in the choir. One of our beautiful children and her mom came last weekend and planted some new flowers in one of our flower beds in the courtyard. All of the people in our church are important. We need everyone. Now, I might be the one preaching this morning, but without Jarrett and Adam and our friends in the, in the top up there, and without Courtney running the uh, video camera, no one would see me. No one could hear me. 
without everyone, without people to watch our young children in the nursery, moms and dads might not be able to concentrate on what I'm saying. And our children need different voices and different people loving them and teaching them about their part in the body. Another thing that's important for me to note here is that there is no such thing as belonging without participating. To belong to the body is to participate in the actions of the body. The body does not work properly if one person checks out for a few years. When something isn't working in the human body, the rest of the body has to accommodate to or modify their own job. The body becomes out of balance. In this time of transition, it is vitally important that we are all participants in the body. This is an incredibly talented congregation. You are passionate about so many things. As I mentioned earlier, one of our moms and daughters have a passion for plants and such, and a number of you are very interested in digging in the dirt. And I will tell you that is not my thing. So I am very thankful for you and the way that you make things beautiful on our campus. We might say, yeah, the children are fine to stay in the nursery and have their place, but I hope you've seen today that they can also serve and they can also lead. They are our present. I have skipped over just a second. I want you to see here that it doesn't say you are working to become the body, that you are almost there. Just keep trying a little harder. Just give it a little more. Just do a little more search searching, but rather you are already the body of Christ. Let's relate to each other that way and to the church in that way. Some of you are good at teaching Sunday school or in another teaching capacity. Um, some of you have been faithful to create a beautiful library for us. Some of you have kept this building standing, and we are thankful. Some of you lead committees or conduct interviews. Others of you, of you sit back quietly and, imp and offer important insight. Others of you are a constant encouragement to the staff and those in leadership positions. What is it that God has gifted you with? What makes you excited? What brings you joy? I encourage you in these days ahead to plug in and find ways to use your gifts in this body. Now thirdly, Paul is clear that no one is better than the other. We're going to give you guys another shot. Are you ready? So now we know what the song is, but maybe you see that one of them was playing maybe a tad louder than the other. Um, now in our scripture, we actually see two different examples of how the body can become out of balance if one gift or one person is considered more highly than the other. In verses 14 through 17, we see the example of the person who doesn't think highly of their own gift or their own given task. They wish they could be something else. Paul personifies the body and says, if the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, or because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. But I want you to hear this. Then Paul says, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Now that's important. The way the foot and the eye 
feel about their part in the body does not change the fact that they are vital. Some of you might feel like your gifts or your place in this body are not as important as the other person's. And you know what? You're wrong. You are a part of the body. You are an important part of the body. When you don't do your part, we miss you. We notice. The system notices. The body notices. The other way that Paul calls out unbalanced community is in verses 21 and 22. These are people who think their gifts are better than the other. Some of you have been gifted beyond belief. For you, the reminder here is to see the other. Notice those people doing things in the background. Thank people for being a part of the body. We just need to stop and notice, look, and listen. The song is still there with the loud ones, but it isn't as pretty if it's not balanced. Now, we, because we are a fellowship of grace, we are going to give the ladies one more chance to make beautiful music for us. We hope. Lovely. Wasn't that lovely? As with all metaphors, the handbell one breaks down. When you're playing in a handbell choir, you practice and get better. The striving really matters. We practiced a lot. You all practiced a lot for us to get to where we were today, for you all to get to where you are today. But in this life of faith, this life in the body of Christ, the, the thing that brings us together is God's spirit. We can practice patience and kindness. We can train ourselves to see the other's beauty when it's hard to see. We can seek help to understand and value our own giftedness if that does not come easily to us. But the difference is that as Paul tells us in these passages, it is the spirit that draws us together. It is the spirit that makes us one. We are the body of Christ. We don't work to attain unity. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit for us to maintain. It is all possible by the Spirit. It's not just another thing on our to-do list. It is a way to express our joy and our connection to this body. It is not our sociological structures or our institutional arrangements, but rather our relationship to Jesus Christ. This isn't something that is determined by our pastor or even who our leaders are. This is the work of the whole body. Have you ever seen a child listen to a song? Their ears are not the only thing that are involved, are they? Their whole body gets involved. It's organically. It happens naturally. I invite you to come along with this body. Find your bell and play it beautifully. Join us in the beautiful song that is the gathered body of believers at the University Baptist Church. Amen. <laughs>